And now, a warrior for the Word of God and the Constitution of the United States, a Marine Corps veteran, a Harvard-trained attorney, Bishop of the Called Churches, and founder and president of STAND, staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening, your host, Bishop E. W. Jackson. And I am he. Great to be with you again today. Hope you're having a wonderful Tuesday. Um, I don't know whether um, any of you were able to join me for my conference call today. I have a conference call every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern time. My guest today was David Bossy. David Bossy, famous Bossy, famously of Citizens United. Uh, the case that really opened up First Amendment liberties for those of us who speak in the realm of politics uh, in ways that uh, up until that point, the left and governmental entities were busy trying to shut down, trying to stop. And uh, he, he basically just broke that open with Citizens United back in 2010, and thank God for it. It, it broke the back of some of McCain-Feingold and the restrictions that they had on our First Amendment liberties. He was my guest. And, you know, one of the things that he was saying that, of course, I entirely agree with is former President Donald Trump taught us how to fight. And by that, he really means he taught you don't ever take a step back. Now, not with the kind of platform that former President Trump has and has had. But in my own small way, I've been saying every time you compromise, every time you give up territory, you don't get a gracious, well, we'd like to compromise with you on something. No, you get an arrogant, yeah, you should have given it up because you deserve to give it up and we deserve to have it. And now we want more. You don't, you don't ever gain anything. You don't ever gain anything. This is why our culture has degenerated so much because people who claim to be conservatives often say, well, you know, we kind of understand. And yeah, well, well that, that, that just kind of makes sense. I'll tell you all a, a quick story. Um, and the, 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 the players shall remain nameless other than me. But I was having a, a meeting, me and I think three or four other people were having a meeting with one of the top officials. This is in the past, of course, uh, one of the top officials uh, around the country who was facing a big issue <clears throat> over uh, the whole homosexual thing. And, and basically what was happening was the pressure was on to compromise. And uh, because of my affiliation with some organizations that were sort of in in the forefront of the fight, I ended up in this room with this in, in this meeting. And um, of course, the issue was, to what extent should we compromise on the whole issue of non-discrimination uh, against, quote unquote, gays or based on sexual orientation? And uh, the person reared back at me, I happened to be the only <clears throat> American of African ancestry in the room. And the person sort of leaned back, looked at me and said, well, now you, Bishop Jackson, of all people, you of all people should not want to discriminate. And I said to that person, what I'm saying to you now, the moment you buy that analysis, and by the way, this was, this was a good while ago. Um, the moment you buy that analysis you lose because that's exactly the way they want you to view it as an issue of discrimination. But it is not an issue of discrimination because it is not wrong to discriminate against people on the basis of behavior, only on the basis of immutable characteristics, outward characteristics. You can't discriminate against somebody because they have big ears. <laughs> you can't discriminate against them because they have blonde hair or, or, or black hair or, or because they have blue eyes. You can't discriminate against them because they have dark skin or light skin or, or because they're, they're uh, uh, tall or short. You know, if it's not a bona fide occupational uh, requirement, obviously. But when people say, here's the way I want to live my life, 
here are the things I want to do. And you say, well, I don't approve of those things and I therefore don't want to be associated with those things. And I am not in any way going to give my approval to those things. That's not discrimination. That is making a rational decision based upon your own moral convictions, based upon a person's behavior. Now, of course, the compromise was made against my very clear, strong recommendation. What do we got now? Drag queen story hours? Um, and worse, and worse, trying to teach two and three-year-olds that, uh, that, that, you know, that they are, they are a boy in a girl's body or a girl in a boy's body and all this nonsense. Grooming is what it is. You know, Twitter, Twitter now brands you, uh, bans you now. If you call what's going on in the public schools grooming, they ban that. You can't, they'll kick you off. But that's what it is. But you see, we we continue to do that. We we just we compromise, and we well, you know, well we we can understand. No, no, we we can't understand, and we don't understand, and we won't understand, and we won't go along, and we won't back down, and we won't compromise. Period. And that essentially is what. David Bossie was saying President Trump taught us, meaning taught conservatives in in the political public policy realm, don't take a step back. Because the moment you do, they step forward and take that territory and then demand more. And it's, we've got to have people with uncompromising convictions it's really just that plain and simple. I, you know, I'd be embarrassed. I am somewhat embarrassed to tell you the number of, of public officials that I've known. Now, I know some, some tremendous people who've been elected to office, too, and praise God for them. Uh, but that I've known who said to me, well, we just have to, we just, we lost on the whole issue of gay rights. We just have to walk away from that and just, just understand that's the reality. That's what we've got now. Don't even bring that up. And yet, while they take that attitude, the left continues to march forward with more and more and more demands. My goodness, they've got us flying homosexual flags in embassies across the world now. And demanding that countries support same-sex marriage in order to receive foreign aid from us. And, and it all started with those initial, well, we, we kind of understand. Yeah, we, well, you know, we, we kind of understand where they're coming from. Bishop Jackson, you of all people would not want to discriminate. We, we simply can't back up. We can't back down. We can't give any quarter. That's why now, you know, and I know there's some people who say that this is this is extreme. I don't think it's extreme at all. I think it's the only logically consistent position to have. I'm opposed to abortion in all instances, and I say that even where the life of the mother is at stake, yeah, it then becomes a personal matter for that mother. It becomes her personal decision to make because obviously. You can't make a decision that would cost her her life. That's a decision that she's got to make. But I believe that abortion is wrong in all instances. Back in a moment. This is Viewpoints with Kirby Anderson. 
It's hard to learn on an empty stomach, but that is exactly what the Biden administration is demanding of the nation's most vulnerable children. That's how the commentary by Lathan Watts begins. He is highlighting the administration's decision to withdraw school lunch funding from schools that do not accept their decision to redefine the word sex in Title IX to include sexual orientation and gender identity. Two months ago, I wrote about the administration announcement that the Department of Food and Nutrition Service will strip funding for school lunches if the school does not adopt the administration's transgender policies. Alliance Defending Freedom is Representative Grant Park Christian Academy that could lose funding for school lunches even though the Title IX provides for a religious exemption. The Christian Academy serves children from a low-income and historically underprivileged community in Tampa. Under the Florida School Choice Program, most of the families attend the school cost-free. All of them are eligible for free or reduced-price lunches. The Christian Academy exists to uplift its community by providing a quality education that is also fueled by nutritious meals. Lathan Watts reminds us of all of this happening at a frightening pace. He says from forcing female athletes to compete with men to threatening to deprive hungry children of food in their neighborhood school and all points in between, no stone will be left unturned. Accept the government's message or suffer the consequences. You know, it's unfortunate that a lawsuit was necessary, but there aren't many alternatives when an administration redefines terms and is pushing a radical sexual agenda. I'm Kirby Anderson, and that's my point of view. For a free copy of Kirby's booklet, A Biblical View on Critical Race Theory, go to viewpoints.info slash CRT. If you are 65 or older, you know this. It's really frustrating to deal with out-of-pocket medical expenses, just watching your hard-earned dollars flying out the window. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare has a new option. It's called MediShare 65+. Plus. And MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's healthcare bills. It really is a community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation, too. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years, and you can use your Medicare-approved doctor, and you also get telehealth 24-7 service so you don't have to leave your home for the little stuff. Very worth looking into, and it's so easy to find out why people rave about the customer service at MediShare. They're easy to talk to. Call 833-45-BIBLE. That's 833-45-BIBLE. 833-45-BIBLE. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now, back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. Yeah, folks, I just think we just have to take an, an unqualified stand in many of these instances. Now, some of you may say, well, now, wait a minute, you say abortion is wrong in all instances. What about an ectopic pregnancy? Something that AOC raised. But see, in my view, dealing with an ectopic, ectopic pregnancy is not an abortion. It, it is an emergency procedure to save the life of that mother because that child that would be born cannot possibly survive an ectopic uh, growth. There's not room for the child. The child will, what would happen is ultimately um, the fallopian tube will rupture and the child will die, but the mother is also likely to die. That is, that is a, a completely malformed situation. When you, you go in to deal with something like that, I mean, you're dealing with an impossible pregnancy. That's not, that's not really technically, at least, a pregnancy in the way that a child's growing in the mother's uterus. So you don't go in to destroy the child for the convenience of the mother or the convenience of whoever. So in many of these cases, I'm sure you all know, where it's, it's a judgment call and doctors say, well, you know, we, we don't think you'll be able to carry the child to term. We don't think it'll work and it could be a danger to you. I mean, there have been many of those cases where a mother said, you know what? If there's any child, the chance that my child can live, I want to give my child a chance to live. And Christian mothers, I've heard say, I'm just going to believe God. See, an ectopic pregnancy offers no, no hope that that child can possibly grow. That's just one of those sad results of sin in the world. Not the sin of the mother, no. When I say sin in the world, you all understand what I mean. I mean 
the world's imperfection, the world's uh, degeneration, the, the world's deterioration, the fact that there's nothing in this life anymore that is perfect because everything has been polluted by sin except for God himself. So I mean it in that sense, okay? Uh, so, but the, but the notion of aborting, just aborting a baby, when that's what it is, you're aborting the baby. The baby's growing in the mother's unit. You're going to abort the baby because X, Y, Z. I don't believe you. Can. I don't believe that's ever morally right. Morally. Uh, so, and and of course, look at what what the 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 results of compromising on that issue. What did it give us? Partial birth abortion. Right. Well, in some instances, you know, it may be justified. Partial birth abortion, where you actually, you, in order to legally avoid murder, because that's all it is, folks, in order to legally avoid a charge of murder, you do not deliver the baby. You simply bring the baby's head out far enough to puncture the back of the skull so the baby is dead before it's fully delivered. And now it's a it's an abortion, not a murder. I mean, that's what exceptions give. Well, when it's it's a rape, that's okay. No, it's not. Because that child had nothing to do with it. That child is an innocent player in the whole thing and should be given an opportunity to live. But anyway, I didn't mean to get off just on a, a discussion of life. I'm just saying, I think David Bossie's right. You you simply can't compromise with these ideas and with the people who promote them because you compromise thinking that, oh, yeah, we'll reach some accommodation and we'll try to reach a middle point where, you know, yeah, we'll we'll be able to, to work together and, and move. No, you won't because they won't be satisfied and they're going to take more next time. They're going to demand more next time. And you show me a, a, a situation where the left has ever sort of backed off because somebody tried to be nice and somebody tried to compromise and somebody tried to be accommodating and where they said, oh, well, you know, that, that was so nice of them. Yeah, we, we don't need to push it this any further. No. Now, they take what you give them and then demand more. And so I, I agree with David Bossie. In fact, I, I can tell you personally that watching President Trump taught me, yeah, you. when I ran for office and the press jumped all over me, I, I've never had anything like it happen where, you know, they were knocking on the door of my house and, oh, my goodness, it, it, was, it, was, it was rough. It was rough. And you're looking for ways to try to, to placate them, to get them to back off. You're trying to restate things in, in a way that you think they'll better understand until somebody finally said to me, you need to understand something. I said, what? They hate you. And there's nothing you can ever say that will make them not hate you. They hate everything you stand for. They want to destroy you, and there's nothing you can ever say that will make them not want to destroy you. So any effort to kind of restate things or sound, make it sound a little softer or forget it. They don't care. You do that, and then they start calling you a liar. Oh, you lied. Didn't you say before that? The, well, wait a minute. I'm just restating. No, oh, no, no. That's not what you. It, nothing you do ever satisfies them. So it's on, folks. <laughs> I mean, it's just that plain and simple. The fight is on. Um, we don't know who the next president will be. But I've said before, the next president is going to need to be a cultural leader and is going to need to be a fighter. If it's President Donald Trump, we know that he is a fighter. I mean, he's not the, quite the cultural leader that I'd like him to be, but maybe in a second term he would be. 
But whether it's him or it's DeSantis or it's a Tom Cotton or or who else, who knows who else likely to run. There are a lot of sort of you can tell people are kind of hovering out there and thinking about it. Um, in fact, I'd be curious to know what you all think about this because, you know, Christy Nome is looking at it. That That's quite clear. Um, uh, I, I'm sure Josh Hawley is probably looking at it. Uh, Ted Cruz may be looking at a, 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 another shot at it. I mean, who knows? We, we don't really know um, who is going to run, and we don't know what the circumstances will be between now and then. You know, life has a way of surprising us, that's for sure. Uh, so whoever it is is going to have to be a fighter because it, it is all out. I mean, these people have declared war on the Constitution, war on the American people, war on our Judeo-Christian values, war on Christianity, war on the church, war on unborn babies, war on marriage and the family. I mean, they, they, they're just, they're going for broke. They want to completely destroy and dismantle everything that makes this country great and makes us who we are. They want all of that gone. And the idea that we can sit down and compromise with them and reach accommodation there was a time, I believe, when that happened, when center-left and center-right could do that. That's gone. Forget it. It's over. It is over. When you have, I mean, there was a time when there were lots of Democrats who believed in the Second Amendment. Lots of them who wanted to protect the right to keep and bear arms. And you got a president who says, if you want an a if you if you want or have or own an AR-15, you are sick. Yeah, I mean, he actually said, you are you are sick. Excuse me. How do you compromise with that? I own an AR-15. I'm not sick. I'm fine. Thank you very much. So that's where we are, folks. When we come back from the break, you know, I haven't brought up any specific issues yet, but I'll start taking your calls. The number is 888-589-8840. I'm curious what you all think, how you all think things are likely to unfold, not only in 2022, but in 2024 as well. And what are your desires? Um, I think the, the assumption is that if President Donald Trump does indeed run, does indeed announce and runs, that the nomination is his for the asking. That, I think that's conventional wisdom, that there's nobody who could take it from him, nobody who could stop him from, from getting it. Um, but he hasn't announced yet. Many people believe he will, but he hasn't announced as yet. And while here again, a number of other candidates are making noises. Nobody else has officially announced yet. I think Tom Cotton has said if he runs, it won't matter whether Donald Trump is in the race, which indicates to me that he's probably going to run, or he has certainly has that in his mind, Tom Cotton from Arkansas. Um, so Christy Noem hasn't said anything about running, but you know these ads about coming to North Dakota and all of that, that I don't think those are just to to boost tourism, you know, with with her in the forefront, you know, touting it. I think I think that's kind of a stalking horse for her, and a way of getting her name out there and so forth. So it's going to be very interesting to see how all of this unfolds. Uh, I can tell you one thing: it's quite clear that the left, this this raid on the president's home. It, it is an all-out effort to disqualify him from being able to run. Back in a moment. It's my turn. Here is your host for my turn, Don Wildman. In the normal pursuit of life, the average person of 70 has spent three years in education, eight years in amusement, six years in eating, 
11 years in working, 24 years in sleeping, five and a half years in washing and dressing, six years in walking, three years in conversation, three years in reading, and one half year in worshiping God. You know, we're all equal when it comes to the amount of time we have. Now, we may be different in every other aspect of life, but in time, we're all equal. Each of us has 24 hours every day. No more, no less. What we do with our time is determined by what we consider important. We have time for our business because we consider it important. We have time for recreation because we consider it important. We have time for the family because the family is important. The things we consider most important, we always have time for. The things we consider less important, we leave for a more convenient time. The person who doesn't have time for God has identically the same amount of time as the person who always has time for God. It's simply a matter of priorities, the things we consider most important. Never use a busy schedule as an excuse for ignorance in spiritual matters. If we consider God important enough, we'll find time for Him. The person who doesn't have time for the church doesn't consider the church very important, regardless of what he says. One person can drive for hours to get to a ball game, make plans for weeks in advance to be certain he has the time to go. But that same person can't block out a single hour to worship God or to drive three minutes to participate in the church worship service. It's simply a matter of what we consider more important. You know, I knew a person who spent 12 to 15 hours each week keeping his yard in immaculate condition, but he never took 60 minutes to check the condition of his soul. A beautiful yard was more important than a beautiful soul. It was simply a matter of priorities. One thing the Galilean does is to help us keep our priorities in proper perspective. He solved this matter of priorities one day on a mountainside above the Sea of Galilee. He said, Seek first the kingdom of God. That one statement solves the problem of what is most important in life. What life needs is a proper balance, always making sure that the most important things are in the most important places. This has been My Turn with Don Wildman, a production of the American Family Association. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. The number is 888-589-8840. It, it, it ought to be clear to us, I'm going to come to your calls here in a second, uh, but it ought to be clear to us that here again, we're not merely having a minor difference in policy, that there are people who seem absolutely determined to destroy this country as we know it. I mean, determined. Uh, just think about the border. You know, in New York, they're giving people cell phones, um, I mean, just giving them all kinds of freebies when they arrive in New York. They're complaining about Texas sending people there. But the, the governor, uh, the governor, the mayor of New York City is making sure that everybody who shows up in Texas gets uh, well, free health care. They get free cell phones. Yeah, free cell phones. Yeah, we, we wouldn't want people not to be able to call each other. Um, of course, on the taxpayer dime, and uh, and he's complaining about Texas, which is being overrun by illegal immigrants. But of course, no criticisms of Joe Biden, who has engineered this whole thing. And the and have you seen the interviews? They say, "Why are you coming?" Joe Biden invited us. I mean, they literally say that that Joe Biden invited us. Well, well, why? It certainly isn't for the good of Americans. I mean, that's part of the spike in crime is because we've invited all these uh, criminal illegal immigrants across the border. We've got a big fentanyl 
plague on our hands right now. 100,000 people died of fentanyl. You see this stuff is deadly, and it is being flooded into the country. Uh, we've got human trafficking like, unlike anything we've ever seen before. They say that up to maybe half of the kids who come across the border are turned over to people with no documentation of who they are. These are apparently their slave masters, their handlers, people who are there to take them and either put them to work in prostitution or put them to work as slave laborers or in, in, as drug dealers or who knows what else. Hit men, you name it. Why would people, why would, why would anybody want policies like this? Because you can't argue on any basis that they're good for America. So that's, that's what we've got, folks. And we, we, we simply can't, we can't back off with these people or compromise with them. 888-589-8840 is the number. Let's go to Jim in Texas. Jim, welcome. Jim, you are on. I know I know one individual in the history of this planet did not compromise the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And I know two individuals that uh, if I had to dream 2024 election team, it would be Donald Trump at the top, Ron DeSantis at the bottom. <laughs> Will they get rid of the Donald? What, well, who they got? <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> you're right. I haven't heard that talked about before. All right, Jim, thank you so much for the call. I'm getting some feedback, but thank you for the call. Uh, yeah, look, I think a lot of people think that would be the dream ticket if both of them ends up running. Now, remember, though, you, you can't run that way. Of course, Donald Trump is known for doing some unconventional things, isn't he? Um, but that the Constitution doesn't provide for a person to run for vice president or run as uh, a candidate for vice president. You run for president, and in some cases, former candidates are selected to be the vice presidential nominee by the one who wins the presidential nomination. So, but but interesting, interesting idea, interesting idea. Uh, Let's see. Let's go to Kerry in Mississippi. Kerry, welcome. Hey, how's it going, Mr. Bishop? Doing great, Kerry. How you doing? Doing great, man. Just just got here working. Uh, God bless you and AFR, man. I love you guys. I listen to you all day while I'm working. Uh, I've never gotten in on your show, but uh, I get in on exploring the word sometimes. And but uh, I just hey, man. Well, I'm I'm glad you got. I'm glad you called. Yes, sir. I just had a question, and I'll just hang up, listen to your answer. Um, as far as the CRT and all the leftist politics that are being uh, put into the schools, because um, I have a five-year-old little girl that uh, she she goes to school in kindergarten, and she comes home saying the pledge, thank God. And so I'm guessing they're saying the pledge still and all that, which is great. But how would I be able to tell what some things I could do in order to tell if she's being taught the CRT and any of that other stuff, though? And I just want to thank you, and uh, I'll continue to listen. I'll hang up and listen to your answer. Well, Carrie, thank you so much, and uh, God bless you, and, and, and God bless you for being concerned about what your daughter is being taught. I would say just be vigilant and watching and looking, but if you hear the words— Equity, inclusion, diversity. If you hear those words being used at all in or around your school system, that is a gigantic red flag that says they brought in the CRT approach. Because just to be clear, folks, we are all equal in the sight of God, okay? But we're not all equal because some of you out there can sing and some of you are great at mathematics and I can't sing, and I'm not great at mathematics either. And, and some of you are, 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 are gifted with your hands and, and doing things uh, mechanically, or, and I don't, I don't do that either. I'm not your equal in that. So, yeah, we're equal in the sight of God. God loves us. We ought to be equal in the sight of the law. But what equity implies is you've got to get the same results for everybody. 
And there's only one way to do that, the heavy hand of government trying to engineer and force everybody into a particular mold or into particular results. And it's, 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 it's the road to socialism and totalitarianism. So when you start hearing equity, inclusion, diversity, and by the way, it's never diversity of thought. It's only diversity by race, by gender, and nowadays, of course, by transgender, non-binary nonsense. We got to make sure we have, we got we to gotta have one black, two whites, uh, a half an Asian, uh, two-thirds of a Hispanic, and we got to have at least one non-binary person, one transgender, and one just straight-up homosexual, uh, pre- preferably one lesbian and one one so-called gay man. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's, that's the way these people think now. So, Gary, just be on the lookout for equity, inclusion, in, equity, inclusion, and diversity. Uh, 888-589-8840 is the number. Let's go to Linda in Missouri. Linda, welcome. Hi, I'm so glad to get through to you. God bless you. If I don't see you on this earth, I'll see you when we're raptured out of here. Amen. My brother from heaven. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> um, I had read back in the spring in a, a magazine that I get, and I can't remember which one it was. It might have been the Trumpet or some other Christian magazine. But anyway, it was a study done by the CDC, probably not Fauci's CDC, but it tracked, the CDC had tracked the number of maternal deaths due to abortion. They tracked it pre-abortion legal, when it, before it was legal, and after it was legal. And they found no discernible difference because, you know, they, the people who want Abortion on demand say, well, we don't want women going back to the dark ages where they have to go to back alley butchers. Well, a lot of these abortionists are, they may not be back alley, but they're butchers because they butcher those babies. But when Roe versus Wade was overturned, Hillary Clinton came out of her old bat cave and said, women are going to die. Women are going to die. Well, women have died from abortion before it was ever legal Mm -hmm. and after it was legal. And in some of the abortion clinics, like in St. Louis, an ambulance parked two blocks away so that it would not be conspicuous. And when a woman was bleeding and they couldn't control it, they wheeled her out on the gurney two blocks over to the ambulance because they didn't want an ambulance there at the clinic showing people that this is a dangerous procedure. Linda, thank you so much for the call. You, 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 look, once again, you point out the, 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 the lies that we are often told that, that somehow before the Supreme Court gave us Roe v. Wade, there was a mass slaughter of women all over the country trying to get abortions and dying in the process. And you're saying CDC data shows that that's not true. Uh, And it doesn't surprise me a bit because wherever there's a, a need, there's always going to be a black market to provide it. We'll be back in a moment. AFR programming is now available on Alexa. You're joking, right? Nope, not joking. Seriously? Yep, this is not a drill. Wait a minute. No way. There's a way. The Alexa way. So if you just happen to miss your favorite shows, no worries. You can now listen to each podcast with Alexa. It's simple and it's free. Just visit AFR.net forward slash apps and click Alexa. We're not joking. What does the American Family Association stand for? We believe that our ministry, as well as everything in the heavens and on earth, belongs to God. And our role is that of a trusted manager. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. 
Thank you for standing with us. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality is changing hearts and lives. It speaks directly to the power and the grace of God. It gives me hope for people that I know that are struggling. The whole idea of In His Image has moved me. We actually had one gentleman contact us and he said that this film changed his mind about this issue. We had a pastor reach out to us and he said that he'd been struggling with hatred in his heart towards people in the LGBTQ community. And this film helped him to realize he needed to have compassion and show people the love of Christ. We also had this same sex attracted couple contact us and they said after seeing the film, they wanted to live obedient lives for Christ no matter what. And they said, please, Please pray for us. We know this is going to be hard. We've even had people come to faith in Jesus through In His Image. To find out more, visit inhisimage.movie. So here's the thing that you need to know, and I am not kidding. The thing that was known all around the world for all of time, and it is this. Childhood comes to its natural end by about the age of 13. Dr. Ken Wilgus on Focus on the Family Minute. That is virtually when it is over. It does not mean your job is over, but this is the part that I cannot emphasize enough. Your job changes because teenagers are not old children. They are very young adults. Now don't panic. They're very young, very poor adults. They own nothing, you know, and they're very inexperienced but they are and they have crossed over into adulthood. More parenting wisdom from Ken Wilgus at FamilyMinute.org. Back to The Awakening with Bishop E.W. Jackson on American Family Radio. And we're back. The number is 888-589-8840. Yeah, I shouldn't have used the word need. Whatever there is a desire, there will always be a black market to fulfill it. And so we know that there will be, in states where abortion is outlawed, there will they, people will go to other states. In some cases, even in that state, there's likely to be some kind of black market, under-the-table effort to do what the law forbids. And that was the case before Roe v. Wade ever happened. Um, So uh, thank you for for reminding us of that, because this is one of the arguments the left uses. You can't do that because if you do that, you are relegating women to back alleys and they're going to die in the streets and this, that and the other. And it's just not true. It was never true. 888-589-8840 is the number. Let's go to Brad in Arkansas. Brad, welcome. Yes, sir. Thank you for taking my call. Appreciate it very much, and appreciate your show. Uh, Thank you, Brad. Some uh, things I'm thinking about for the uh, vote is that each conservative must vote in 22 and 24. No doubt about it. You have to vote. Second, uh, secondly, I'm thinking we may need to be prepared for the left to destroy a candidate's ability to finish out the uh, race for president uh, at the very last minute. And um, I think we need to have a second uh, candidate ready. I don't know how you do that, write-in or Republican Party submit if someone's been taken out or whatever. Um, so I think, I think okay. we need to be ready for mm. that. They're capable of doing that. And then lastly, um, our Governor Asa Hutchinson is showing strong desires of wanting to run for president. Do not vote for Asa <laughs> Hutchinson. Thank you. Okay. All right. Well said, got right to the point, Brad. And by the way, I agree on all points. Uh, that's why I say we don't we don't know who the ultimate nominee will be. Of course, I, I know what you're getting at when you say, you know, we'll be prevented from actually fulfilling uh, the nomination responsibilities. Who knows how that could happen? Uh, God forbid it would happen by any violence. But but here again, I don't think we can rule anything out, just just as a matter of living in this sin-sick world. Uh, so I, I think you're right, Brad. We want to have all options on the table. And I think there are, some, there are going to be some other great candidates in the race. 
aside from President Trump. So so it'll be interesting to see how the whole thing unfolds. 888-589-8840 is the number. Let's go to Max from Georgia. Max, welcome. Thank you, sir. Good, good to talk to you, Reverend Bishop. Good to hear from you, Max. Now down there in the great land of Georgia. That's I'm a multiple guy, uh, and I appreciate you, you you taking my calls. Anyway, the main thing I wanted to say was fact that to. Hey, hey, know, Brett. I mean, uh, Max, you're fading. You're fading in and out. I said, as I listened to Sandy Rios in the morning, she always used to work at Fox News. She said Fox News has changed. But anyway, what I heard yesterday concerned me. Fox News has already said that the race between the Democrats and Republicans has tightened. And said the Republicans are not going to have the red wave they thought. Now, why, why would they get out this early? Predicting them their their predictions when when uh, they've never been right on an election anyway, you know. So yeah, that's just well, my thought. Uh, listen, Max, I, I think you raise a very important point, and Sandy is right. Fox News has changed. I mean, folks, not to make this about me, but oh, five years ago, maybe four, even. I literally was doing Fox News hits two, three, four times a week. Every time I traveled, I always had to to figure out where a studio was because I knew that sometime while I was away, I could be called up by Fox to be on. And then suddenly, as Rupert Murdoch's sons took over, my invitations came to a halt. I think it's because Fox News is now in the pocket of the the so-called LGBTQ community, they're in their pocket, what I call the SPCG community, the, the sexual perversion child grooming movement. Uh, so that's, there, there's no question that's part of it. And they want to be accepted. Have you, have you all noticed that the criticisms of Fox News by the other networks has almost come to a complete stop? That tells you a lot. They used to always be jumping on Fox. Now, they don't even talk about Fox much anymore. They might talk about Tucker Carlson or talk about Sean Hannity or, or some of the personalities, but they, but they don't talk about Fox News anymore. Fox is this and Fox, they don't, they don't do it because I think that's what the, the, the new leaders at the Fox network want. They want to be accepted by the mainstream. So as far as the predictions about what's going to happen Remember, Chris Steyerwalt got into a lot of trouble and still defends himself because he made an early prediction that Trump lost in Arizona. He's still defending that. Uh, but the fact that he was defended by the, the network for that early prediction tells you all you need to know. 888-589-8840. That a prediction, by the way, which, which I really believe was premature and probably affected the ultimate count. 888-589-8840 is the number. Let's go to Felix from Texas. Felix, welcome. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much, Bishop. Thanks for, um, thanks for taking my call. I appreciate that. I, I wanted to comment. I wanted to comment on, um, on a gentleman that had called and, um, and, and he briefly touched on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Right, but he was asking about his daughter and what he should be looking for in terms of what the schools might try to do. Yeah, that's correct. It, I, I do, I do humbly disagree with your with your perspective on on on, on that caller's uh, opinion. And and the reason why I say that is, and you made a very good point. Not all of us are born to be mathematicians. Not all of us are born to be, let's say, psychologists or whatever the disciplines are. But when we talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, we are not saying that you should look at everybody as having those characteristics or those traits across the board. That's not what diversity, equity, and inclusion is. My understanding of diversity, equity, and inclusion is when you want to when you are dealing with human beings, you want to deal with them 
you know, with, with respect and dignity, with fairness. That's where the, and then also appreciate, okay. you know, people with diverse perspectives, right? So, ah, okay. You, well, well, okay, okay. I, I've got that. Let me just tell you humbly and respectfully, you are absolutely wrong about what they mean. That's not what they mean. That may be what you mean, and I respect that that's what you mean when you think of it. But I'm telling you, that's their code language for a a kind of socialist approach to life, which is that we've got to make sure that, and, and by the way, no diversity of thought whatsoever. None. Because these very institutions that tout that stuff, if you were to say, like I say, for example, I don't believe in affirmative action. Now, I believe in, in maybe affirmative outreach. Maybe I was a poor kid. I didn't know much about going to college. Somebody helping me to understand what my options were, that kind of thing, might have been helpful to me. But as far as telling me, well, you're black. You don't need to score as high as a white guy because, after all, you know, black people don't get the culture and, you know, you're disadvantaged and, and you just – We're going to require that a white student score at 80, but you only need to score 60. I despise that. But see, that's exactly what diversity and inclusion and and, and equity mean. They want to get results that put everybody on the same level, and that's not what is supposed to happen. That's not even fairness in life. Uh, To me, that is skewing things. And what we really need to have is is a meritocracy where everybody rises to the level of their ability and you encourage everybody to fulfill their God-given potential. And by the way, well, you ought to read uh, uh, Thomas Sowell's um, uh, Diversity and Discrimination and Diversity, I think it's called. Um, Thomas Sowell's Discrimination and Diversity, I think that's what it's called. And Read what he says about the artificial effort to try to create equal results, which don't exist anywhere in life or in the world. It is not possible. And yet that's what the government imposes upon us with this concept of equity, diversity, equity and inclusion. So, my brother, I respect that you mean something benign, but I'm telling you that the left does not. They mean something very nefarious and very wicked and very twisted. Uh, okay, let's get in t- uh, Glinda from Mississippi. Glinda, welcome. So, Justin, you said diversity, equity, and is that inclusion? Inclusion, yes. Okay, I do appreciate you, and I am truly sorry the way I came on at first. Uh, because, see, I was uh, married to a man who had lied to me about it being okay to have sex outside of marriage when I was a youth. Had just graduated from high school and had entered college at the Moorhead Gospel Hall. And uh, the elders traveled from St. Louis, Missouri, and to Moorhead, Mississippi, to present the gospel, I will say, during the civil rights uh, movement in Mississippi, okay? Mm-hmm. And a person who knew the ins and outs of the Moorhead's gospel hall was two males who sexually harassed me and one assaulted me. Got okay. me pregnant? And one told I wanted to, the first time I got pregnant, I wanted to wow. Glenda, Glenda, it, it, listen, your story sounds like a horrific one, and I hope you'll call me back and, and finish this story because uh, I know what you're, where you, you're going to get into a discussion about abortion from that, and I'd really love to be able to talk to you about that, but as you can see, our time is simply up. Uh, but folks, here again, we have to stand fast on the Word of God and stand fast on principle uh, it, it, without compromise, because the left is certainly going to stand fast on theirs and take everything you give them and demand more. But we cannot be defeated if we will not quit because we are on God's side. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.